The goal for this podcast is to better our understanding through conversation. Communication is one of the easiest, yet hardest things to do. Whether that's communication of feelings, thoughts, or opinions. But through communication, new perspectives begin to take place. Throughout the various topics and opinions discussed on this podcast, we hope that we can add value, understanding, and a few laughs to your day. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the Real Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce. I'm here with Ramirez and a very special guest, my boy, Vital. What's going on, guys? How y'all doing? Pretty good. What's going on, man? Ain't too much. Ain't too much, bro. It's crazy, though, bro, because uh, we all haven't, uh, well, we haven't been in person, but we all haven't been talking in a, in a minute, man. So it's cool to catch up with you guys, man, um, to get back in sync. Yeah, Austin, I haven't, uh, I haven't talked to you since you left Japan, man. Exactly. Yeah, man, bro. it's been a while. How you been? I've been chilling, man. You know, life is good. God is good. What's up, man? That's what's yeah. up, dog. We hop into the segment, Book of the Week. So I wanted to ask you guys, do you guys have a Book of the Week? Mine is Atomic Habits by James Clear. I said that one last week, but I'm definitely going to add this one to this week's because it's so... There's so many gems in that book, man, that I, um, I pulled from. So I'm still on that book, digesting everything from it. And I think that's a good read. I mean, for me, the book I'd say is My Life by Iceberg Slim. You know, anybody that listens to Dave Chappelle probably heard him talk about that book. But honestly, like, I listened to that book. And, like, yo, there's some, like, so much real talk in there. You know, just, like, everything that he talks about. The first the first introduction blows you away. This man is at his mother's grave talking about how much he loves her, but hates her at the same time for everything that she did to him. And like, mind you, his, like he grew up in like this sixties time frame or so, you know, like he, he grew up in like way, way older times. And, uh, he was like a grown adult. I want to say by like the seventies and eighties with pimping and cocaine and cracking all that stuff was real, but it was real popping. So like the first chapter, this man talks about how when he was three years old, all he can remember is being in this dark, wet, prickly place. And essentially, he's talking about how he was sexually assaulted by his babysitter, you know, at the age of like three or four. And it's like just everything that he has done or everything that has happened to him as his life grows, as his life continues. And it's just kind of like it shows you a lot about how, yeah, we can all say that, um, you know, are we going to be a product of our environment or are we going to be better than that? And just because you come from a certain background doesn't mean that you're allowed to live your life the way that you do. But at the same time, though, it's just sometimes it's real difficult to try to just come up out of what you came out, came from. especially when you have no resources, you're growing up poor, you know, you're, you're living in a neighborhood that doesn't have a lot going on. And like, who's going to help you? Who's going to guide you? You know, not a lot of people, like, there's not going to be a white savior every situation. There's not going to be, you know, a, a good man or a good woman to come and try to help you or talk to you out of that situation. Sometimes you just have to figure it out for yourself. And until you do figure it out, you just make so many mistakes. And you go down this rabbit hole that's just so dark and painful. You know what I mean? Nah, that's real, bro. You said My Life by Iceberg Slim? Yep. I definitely check that out. Definitely check that out. 
or excuse me, the story of my life. That's that's the, the story, the of, my story of my life by Iceberg Slim. Last week, me and Vito had a conversation. Then you said that uh, sometimes we understand it can't be fixed overnight, so we procrastinate not fixing it. And I'm going to lead off with that one, man. Um, first, I'm going to let you elaborate on what you were saying or what you meant by that, if you remember that, and then I'll go into uh, what I pulled from it. Yeah, so for me, um, it's kind of like, it's kind of what I do in my everyday life. Like, I know that, you know, uh, the end goal that I want is a process, you know, like, for example, fitness, because I've been listening to your podcast, I've been listening to a couple of you talking about how, you know, uh, you trying to get right and them cookies be messing you up, man. (laughs) (laughs) And like, for for uh for a dude like me, right? Sometimes I'll get into a moment, right? And it's like, you know, trust the process. You gotta trust the process. Nothing's gonna, you know, I'm not gonna get the V type body shape that I'm looking for overnight. But then it starts to go into a rabbit hole. It's like, yeah, I can slam these four cookies right now. Um, you know, I can slam another four because it's like it's not it's not like I'm you know, this is really gonna do anything. It's just a couple of cookies right now. And it's like, you know, of course, I, I still got to work out and I still got to do it. So, or, you know, maybe, for example, you got, for exa- or the best example, you have a paper that's due and you got a deadline for it, right? So you give up all this time and it's like, ah, I get to it later, I get to it later. It's like, you know, it's going to take me a while to write that paper. And like, you probably start on the title, you get tired, you're like, you know, I ain't trying to really work on it that much. So then you just push it to the side. It's, that's kind of like what I mean. It's like, we know that what we're looking for or the end result is going to take a while. So instead of actually putting in the work that's necessary for it right now, it just kind of delays us or we just procrastinate real heavy on it. The thing that came to mind was avoidance of pain equals no gain. You, Tuesday is using my cardio day and I was doing 200 meter jogs and then I walked back to the starting line. And I did that probably like three times. And I was just like, bro, I ain't getting nothing out of this. And it had, I knew it was a hit workout. So I had a playlist saved on YouTube, went in the house, did a workout for 30 minutes. And I felt like hella better after that, extremely better. But the fact that I was avoiding pain and I was delaying my growth, it was only 30 minutes of pain. But it's just like that thinking about it, you know what I'm saying? And like, bro, I really don't want to do this. I really don't. You know what I'm saying? It causes you not to do it. You feel me? All three, of, all three of us, I know for a fact, we all hate running. And yeah. boy, let me tell you, man, that three-mile run on the PFT, I I will do everything in my power to avoid doing a doing a three-mile run. I would I'd much rather just like murder my legs on a horrific leg day than actually go for a run. Facts. But sometimes the Truth. only thing that's gonna get your run time down or get you where you're trying to go. Is by actually doing what you don't want to do. So it's up to you to figure out how you're going to navigate over your own mental block. It's like, stop lying to yourself. You know you're avoiding it. It's like, this, why, why are you lying to the two most important people in your life, yourself and God? Like, what's the point of lying? You already know the truth. So figure out what you got to do in order to overcome uh, the obstacle, the mental obstacle that you have. Just go ahead and go do it. Facts, man. Facts, bro. And I looked at it like boot camp. Like first phase, first phase is like the pain, the struggle part of it. Then you move into second phase, which is focus. So now you don't you don't kind of got used to that 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 struggle a little bit. You focus your mind and your spirit is coming into sync. And then the final and third phase will be success. And it's always those three phases that I figure out 
you know what I'm saying, that you go through. And pain could be replaced with a word resistance. You know what I'm saying? Both of those, yeah. I feel like, are the same thing. I hate, I hate to burst your bubble, though, but you know they unchanged boot camp up, right? Oh, it bro. ain't three phases no more. It's four <laughs> phases. It's, it's stupid, dude. Oh, it's four phases? It's four phases? It's four phases. The last phase is pretty much Marine Week. I don't know why they made it a whole Whoa. phase, but they did. Whoa, I didn't, yeah, I did not know that, dog. Yeah, I know. So I don't... <laughs> I guess third phase is success and four <laughs> phases. I don't know, man. <laughs> but no, nah, you know, everybody patting each other on the back. That's what it is. Yeah, pat, patting hey, each other hey. on the back. Nothing wrong with that. Also, though, uh, like you said. If I can't lie to God, what makes me think that I can lie to myself? Guys know my exact feelings at every point, right? You just elaborated on that. You just went in on that. I feel like I'm executing sometimes with exercise. I'm executing. Like, I'm, I'm doing the workouts, but not on a high enough level. Like, I'm working out, but I'm not consistent. You know what I mean? I'm bringing in the money to the household, but I don't spend the time that I need with my spouse. So it's like you have that execution to back up your validation, but... Is that level? Are you meeting that bar? Or are you exceeding that bar? Does that make sense? What I'm saying? I would I would say this. So one thing that I've had to learn over time is like, especially with the process, is never to beat yourself up over That's the days where you're not performing as well as you have done on other days. Because you got to remember, with every single day brings a different energy level or a different problem or a different thing that you dealt with. Right? One day you might not. You may have the same routine, but for some reason, the routine in one day is way more mentally taxing or way more physically taxing than it is on another day. So you go to the gym, you still get your workout in, but for some reason you're not able to perform to the same levels that you were performing at the day prior. Understand that 100% looks different every single day. What's important is that you're actually doing what you can do and actually like pushing yourself in that moment. Push yourself in the moment. Don't push yourself from yesterday. Push yourself in the moment because when you push yourself in the moment that's when you'll start to see the progression you know that's why it's really important to write down uh what you had done the day prior you know you you did you you lifted once a certain type of weight all right crap good add 2.5 pounds or add five pounds to that chest press all right add, add a little bit more weight you're a little tired hey just take another break and go at it again understand that someday you are more energized than other days you're not it is what it is. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Before I jump, before I move in forward, bro, I didn't even give you a chance to introduce yourself, bro. I just like hop right uh-huh. into the topic. My name is Noah, Noah Vital. Uh, I'm a Marine Corps recruiter right now, but that's not really the point. I'm not talking as a recruiter. I'm just, you know, I'm talking as a dude. Bruce and Austin, they they my boys from way back. They were they were my leadership. They were my mentors when I was a when I was a new kid on the block. And uh, let me tell you, man, it was nothing better than seeing actually being able to see black dudes in our shop. Because the longer I stay in, man, the harder it is to find black people in mortar teeth. Do you think that's good or do you think that's... So it is what it is when it comes to not seeing a whole lot of black people, but it does suck in the sense of not really being able to be around people that can really relate with you to that level. Right. I just understand what that feels connected to. Yeah, because it's like, I mean, you can still feel a connection to them, but it's like, there's certain looks, you know, you, you give a nigga a look. Right. Y'all, y'all get it. <laughs> you, you know, like, you can't sit here and tell me that Broyles had to you know all the looks that you and Bruce was giving each other. <laughs> right. Like, there was no real, I got I, I, I got That's real, though. No, this is, 
No disrespect to Broyles. Broyles was he was a cool dude, man. Yeah, he was solid. Virginia, Y'all know him and Mountain Man are like together, together. Yeah, man. I was just yeah, uh, got married. We actually uh, have a little oh. chat going on, man, and uh, she uh, oh, she was um emailing us in there. She told me about this new program, actually, about uh something with the GI Bill. Get your time back from it. So I got to look more into that. Yeah. But yeah, well, uh, everybody else in there, man, we definitely keep in touch. I just want to ask you a question about it's not as many uh, like black people in certain uh, jobs, like certain positions. Do you think that's because of like, like growing up, I always heard like, like if somebody said they want to be a doctor, it's like, oh, you got to go to school for a certain amount of time. Or you got to go to school for this long. You shouldn't get this job. And do you think that too, discouragement could come from like at home, just like from us not having the exposure that other cultures and some uh, other cultures may have? So I look at it from two different standpoints. So I'm a child of immigrants, right? Uh, my parents are Haitian. They both were born, born and uh, raised in Haiti while I was born and raised in the United States. Um, one thing that I've seen from foreign parents is that they'll tell them to go for three jobs, doctors, engineers, or like, I can't remember what the other one is, it's something. Either you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be an engineer, or you're going to be like, you know, some really high visibility, and they don't care how much education or how much time it takes. That's what you're going to do because that's what seems like to bring the most money. Mm-hmm. Right, so a lot of foreign kids will get pushed to that. I have two cousins that have their doctorate degree that like they're legitimate. I think they have doctor in their title. Um, I got another cousin. She's an RN. Um, excuse me. I got another cousin. She's also uh, on like doctorate level. I think she got actually no. I'm sorry. She got her bachelor's, but it's in like psychology. Right. So essentially, I got all these family members. Right. And they're all going for these really super high title type jobs. But, you know, I'm always wondering why did they get those jobs? Did they get those jobs because they wanted to? And like most definitely some of them did. I mean, they all did. They got the jobs because they wanted to, but also because that's the only thing that our parents preached to us. You know, your parents only talk to you about what they know. Mm. And growing up at the age that we're in right now, they don't understand how just teaching based off of what they know could be more harmful than it is good. Because the only thing that they make you focus on is what they understand. And you never get an understanding for anything else outside of that. They can't teach you what they don't know. That's a so good they one. try to tell you they try to, they do their best. You know, no no disrespect exactly. to them. They, everybody does their best to inform, guide, and mentor you know, the people around them and their kids and the people that love to make the best options possible. But if you don't understand how technology works in the 21st century and how and have the foresight to see where it's going, then you're not going to be able to raise your kids to be ahead of the power curve like the more privileged kids are because their parents are leading that, you know, versus the rest of us who have to start from ground zero. True that. Now that makes a lot of sense though, man. And being in the technology age, like Google having that in the palm of your hand is crazy in itself. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's it's up to the kids to understand what they want to do. And, you know, of course we're going to have, you know, sometimes more knowledge, but we always have to remember our parents have more experience. Knowledge is one thing, but experience is another thing. 
you know, you can't, you got to, in order to be a well-rounded person, you need both. And my take is that each generation passes the baton. So like for yep. you, like you said, you came to the stage, your, fam- your parents were immigrants. They got your cousins and you said your sister, or your cousins, they got them to a certain uh-huh. level. And now you're at a certain level. So that information that you've built on from your parents, from your family that you've seen them achieve, and then from what you achieve, you passing all of that on to your children and family. But the thing that sucks, though, is that for those kids that are stuck in the inner city and they don't have any real, like their parents are just trying to make ends meet. They, they don't have time to dream. They don't have time to, you know, put time aside and focus on um, you know, what they could possibly do or, you know, what other options they have out there because if they don't work today, they ain't going to eat tonight. I was fortunate enough that my parents, they worked hard enough to where I had all the time in the world and I didn't have to, you know, work in order to make sure I ate because I got, you know, we, we all know people since we've been in and since we've been out that growing up, they had to have a job or else they wasn't going to have enough to eat. Yeah, true. Because their parents just couldn't, you know, afford that, and that's that's something that I, I look at as a blessing. That's one hundred percent real. And you said something that was uh, I had written down as another topic, which is: Are you living or are you only surviving? I want to play a little clip that I that I heard from Dame Dash Ashley. That's all. What the fuck, I'm hanging out in a place where I'm gonna be triggered and dumb my energy down to survival skills when I'm rolling. Put myself in jeopardy, be put in a cage like everybody else. I'm not, a, you know, I, I, you know what it is? You know, we're first generation. We know what it is to break a fucking social class. Mm. It's everything to be broke first and then be rich. You love it. Mm. Who the fuck would jeopardize that? Mm. Why would I stay on that concrete smelling a stink river when I could go to an ocean and just chill? I ain't missing nothing. I got it already. See, to me, when I see people outside all day, I mean, I, I, they must really be still needing me. You know, when you rolling, you don't go outside, you go on vacation. Mm, right. Why you want to be around other people that are not rolling all day? And be a target. That's not the standout I want to be. I like to blend in. Mm-hmm. And when I say blend in, like to the trees, the rocks, the ocean, the Ooh, chill, who the fuck wants yeah. to walk around with one eye open all the time? Right. Kind of felt like it spoke to what you were just saying a minute ago, Vital. I'm going to let you so know. He was right. So what I get from that was more of just he's starting to experience more more calmness than trying to be afraid of you know going through his life in like a violent manner is what I'm hearing. So it was like that one video you showed me. I forget the rapper's name, but he was saying that uh oh, Slim Thug. It's better to make Slim Thug, yeah, thank you. It's better to make friends be more uh, approachable than somebody who's always me mugging and trying to create walls around himself. Like, you know, a lonely man is a, is a man who dies fast. So what I'm understanding from what he was just saying was he rather experience life than be more afraid of those around him who are trying to, like, take what's his. That's what I assume he's trying to get at. I'm going to say my piece, and then I'm going to let you go vital. Uh, what I get from him was, like he said, like, from the street mentality, before that he said the street mentality is only for survival. And the question I asked was, are you living or are you only surviving? And I think, like, once you experience something new, like, for, for me, the Marines was something new for me. I never experienced, never met so many different people before, never had so many different experiences before, never even been out of the country before. So it's like, once I experienced that, bro, and I got a taste of that, and then my, like the environment kind of helped breed that because now I'm around people that want more. I'm around people that's doing more. I'm around people that's on some, on another wavelength. So I just want to keep doing that. And then I try to bring that back home sometimes to some of my friends or some of the people I know and they still kind of on that slow pace or that they still on that, that pace that 
when I left. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I have to learn either am I going to stick this, stick right here, or either I'm going to separate myself. And not in a bad way, but it's just like, yo, now my friends have to catch up to me. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but it's just like, yo, I've elevated. I've tried to show you a new way. But if not, I want to go somewhere to where I blend in, to where I fit in. Not 100%. No, that's, that's, that's real because that's that's also kind of what I took from it. You know, uh, a small piece is like, you know, why am I going to be on the block with you? You're not going nowhere. You're not doing nothing. It's just like, you know, surround yourself with the type of people, with the people that are where you want to be. And then you'll get to where you're trying to go. One of my mentors actually sent me that. He didn't send it to me, but he recommended that video, that uh, that that podcast or that specific episode. And I just heard that piece, man. I was like, yo, that's dope, man, because, you know, the change of the mindsets. And the reason I brought that up was because both of you guys, I knew you guys prior to this, and both of you guys was high achievers. Both of you guys was on top of your game. And whatever we did, we always made sure that we watched out for one another, if that made sense. You know, whether it's going out, going out in town or whether it was, you know, at work, whatever the case may be. So it's just like being around that 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 friend group and then uh, rekindling these relationships later and seeing where each other's at. Um, it's a test to that because now we still like I don't feel when I talk to Vital, I feel like he's elevated since the last time I seen him or since the last time I've talked with him. When I talk to Ramirez, the same thing goes for him. And while we may be in different places and when we meet back up, it's kind of like where we left off at. We still achieving. We still going after it. And that's the reason I brought that up is because it's like, yo, somebody asked me that question. My mentor asked me that question. Yo, are you living or are you only surviving? That's a great question to ask because I heard people say that like, oh, man, I'm just trying to make it. Oh, man, I'm just surviving. And it's like, what does that really mean? You know, words have meanings. And you talk with purpose, Vital. Like whenever I hear you speak, you always talk with a booming purposeful voice so like the question to you would be where does that come from oh man i have no idea i guess this is just one of the moments i gotta be honest it's it's because i always look at it like this i may not be able to change everybody's life or i may not be able to change you know anybody's life but i hope that i gave something to somebody that they'll remember for the rest of their life you know I say things, and I guess it's just because I spent a lot of time. Like, when I was a kid, I used to just shoot out. I just used to shoot out my mouth, right? I just say things sometimes. And, I, and sometimes I still do. You know, it's something that I got to fix because I want to be the funny guy. For some reason, I need to be seen. I need to be heard. You know, I, if, if you ain't talking to me, I want to make you laugh. I want to I wanna be a prominent figure in everybody's life. But there, there was a time where I had to take a step back because I was being too loud. And people was like, bro, you're not saying nothing. So I, I stopped. I stopped talking. And I just listened. You know, whether it was to my music or whether it was to other people around me or whether it was just to myself. I listened to myself, you know. And I say I listen to myself in the sense of, like, I'll think and I'll have my quiet moments and I'll think about, you know, what it is that's going through my head. And I'll think about the thoughts that I just had and what that possibly means. And then later on, as I get older, I'll think about how my thoughts bled into my actions. So I'm, nah. I, I'm, that, that, that doesn't really answer your question as far as like where I get that. Nah, I think it answered it perfectly from. because it's like, yo, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, man. Go ahead, Ramirez. My bad. I was saying I like that a lot because you didn't, you didn't, you didn't close up. You heard people were saying you want you wanted to keep expressing yourself and people were saying that 
you know, you should always, you, you, people were telling you to maybe slow down or stop. But what you did was you just wanted to keep expressing yourself. So you adapted, you just started to listen. And then you started to say things you still wanted to say, but with more conviction. So, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's a great adaption center. You know what I mean? Like, it's, pretty, it's a good lesson. Yeah, because it's like, you know, it's, it's like what um, Andre 3000 said when uh, he won his award at the source back when there was that beef between the uh, East and the West. Like, the South got something to say, and y'all gonna hear it. I got something to say, and y'all gonna hear it. That's real. That's a, that's real, bro. Uh, I, I like yeah. how you explain. Like, I could tell you, you've been introspective for a while because of the way you articulate yourself, mm-hmm. like the way you can explain yourself so well, and it makes so much sense. I know I'm taking from your book. Another thing that you said that I think kind of ties in is don't listen to how I said it versus what I said. Okay, cool. So um, in the context, we was talking about uh, learning how to express ourselves, right? I was talking about, you know, a conversation that I had with my father and me finally being able to open up to him and also me speaking on behalf of my younger brother and my pops and my brother, they have this conflict where my little brother will say something to my dad. He doesn't like the way he says something. And I told my dad, straight up, like, Dad, like, I understand that the way he said it was disrespectful and it was out of pocket. But if you want to have a better relationship with him, give him that room, address what he said and not how he said it first. And then after y'all have addressed what he said, address how he said it. But I, I, honestly, I've seen something recently that's kind of like um, online that kind of like changed my perspective just a little bit on that in the sense of like, in relationships as men, sometimes we don't do a good job at properly saying things or properly communicating to our wives, right? Well, some some men will focus on just saying what they feel and saying what they need to say instead of reflecting on how it affects their wives or their spouse. And I thought that was really important because it's like now – you know, what I said before, take it out of the context of a child teaching them how to communicate with somebody, you grown adults. I need to learn how to communicate with my spouse. And I, and I understand that's another thing that you were saying um, previously on a couple of episodes is just learning how to communicate with your wife because everybody communicates differently. So yeah. one example that they said is like, you know, when some, say a man is like, you're not, not feeling super sexually satisfied by his spouse, he'll be like, we're not having enough sex and you know, it's, it's making me feel some type of way versus saying that I feel like the lack of intimacy is affecting our relationship. And I want to understand where that's coming from. You see how for a woman, those two are completely different things. Very true. Very different too. So it's like it, I, made it better to, exactly. uh, to fix your audience, change the wording for your audience. Yep, you make it you make it more palatable for the people that you're talking right. to, and that's and that's something that I would like to learn how to do a lot better. Is that's a part of my communication that I'd like to work on? Is just understanding how to phrase my words differently, so that way when I explain my feelings to my wife, I'm telling her what I'm feeling without breaking her down. But you know, not everybody's like that. So for you know, I, I always want to be a mentor and I always want to be a leader and I always want to teach. So I'll understand when my subordinates or with someone younger than me, they say something and they express how they feel. And I'll address how they feel. I'm like, I feel you. And I understand that. And I'll, and I'll get down to that level of, you know, where they're at. 
But then, you know, like, did I say that? Hey, let's bring this back real quick. You said some things a certain type of way that you shouldn't have talked to me like that. But you need to understand that, yes, I'm going to be here for you, and I understand how you're feeling. But you need to adjust the way that you That's crazy. That's crazy right there, bro. Um, because that's so true, man. And me and Ramirez have talked like offline and online about both of our expression of how we communicate. You know what I mean? And sometimes you right, it gets misunderstood because I might be saying it the same way somebody tastes it to- totally different. But you, like Ramirez said, you have to tailor to your audience. And that doesn't make you weak. That doesn't make you, you know, less than or anything, bro. It's just getting getting your getting yourself understood and then also understanding the perspective of the other person. And you said also, bro, that I thought was kind of in line with it. You said we want to communicate. Us as men want to communicate, but we don't want to hurt the person we're saying it to. So it makes it hard to tell somebody what we want when I don't know how to say it without hurting them. That, that was my own personal experience with where, like, I'll say something to my wife or I'll say, or, you know, I'll think about an argument that I had with an ex. Because, like, sometimes, like, I'm not trying to say my wife and my ex exes or anything alike because they're not but you have to understand that when you're talking to different people but yet when they're talking about you they say similar things or you see patterns after a while you're gonna have to say all right there's something that i'm doing that there's something that i am doing that's you know a reoccurring issue mm-hmm. so what what is it on my end because these are different people that have that have no relation to each other outside of me saying the same thing. So what, what is my problem at this point? That's really the point of this, pl- this platform, man. It's just like sharing life experiences, having these conversations, these topics, because I had to get to a point where somebody had to have a conversation with me for me to understand, you know what I'm saying? So the fact that I can have people on here that can share their experiences, that can communicate it in a different way that I communicate and somebody else can receive the message the same way. It's powerful, bro. I feel you, but I will, I will say this. I'm going to throw this disclaimer out. I still ain't figured out how to talk. <laughs> oh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's like there's a difference between talking to your boys because we're on the same wavelength versus talking to your lady. That's and very it's true. Like, it's, you know, your, your boys get it. I can tell you the law and you're going to pause and you're going <laughs> to understand, you know, where I'm coming from. But my wife doesn't think like me. My wife, you know, she's half Filipino, half white. So, you know, her vernacular, the way that she speaks, the way that she receives information, the way that she takes things in is completely different between the three of us who are black men in America. Very true. So, of course, we're, so we're going to be able to communicate with each other in a way that's, you know, constructive. But I can also be... You know, there, there's a level of comfort that I have with the three of y'all because y'all didn't see me as, you know, a junior who needed y'all's mentorship and who needed y'all's help. So y'all saw me in a vulnerable place, so I feel comfortable being as vulnerable as possible because I know that I'm not hurting your feelings. Therefore, there's not going to be any recourse for what I say to you versus me talking to my wife where I know I possibly might hurt her feelings. So there's going to be recourse. So I may not say things or I may not feel as comfortable to express myself because after I express myself, I'm an open wound. And then she has room to come and say something. I'm not saying that she will ever hurt me, but she'll just say something to make me reflect on myself that I'm not ready to look at in that moment. 
That's a hundred percent real, bro. And those moments are tough, man. Cause mm-hmm. the first reaction for me is want to lash back. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it's like yep. it ain't it ain't time for that. Like that's just my ego speaking at that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I have to understand, or I have to get to a level to understand, like, yo, bro, she's not saying this out of to hurt me. You know what I'm saying? Or even if she is, it's the fact that it's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have to accept that first. Then I have to fix it at the end of the day. Or I can ignore the issue and it's just going to reoccur, reoccur and damage the relationship. Or I could just suck it up and say, hey, I don't like the way he said it. Or I don't like what she said in this moment. But at the, at the, at the same time, it's true and I have to fix it. Yep, exactly. Sometimes it's really hard to, you, we want to be perfect for our women or for the people that we feel like count on us, you know. So I don't ever want them to see me as flawed. Facts. But when they point out my flaws, it hurts. That ain't nobody's fault but my own. Because I gotta not to say that we ever gonna be flawless. No. That's what I'm saying. But I mean, I'm flawless. You know, I, don't, I don't know what to, about y'all too, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Damn. joking, bro. I'm, I'm joking. No, I kind of hey, knew, knew it. Hey, look, that, <laughs> my man, my man, Bruce is a diamond. All right, don't <laughs> don't let it fool no, you now. There's not a nick on him. He allows us lower beings even being around. Wow. Hey, look, hey, look, that, that man that been. But that man that been through the fire, he done been under pressure, you know? <laughs> he, ain't, he, ain't, he ain't never fold. He ain't never fold. <laughs> Shame that we have Oh, uh, bro. One book, man, I will recommend, bro, that I um sent to one of my buddies, bro, was him and his girl, was Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus by John Gray. And uh, it's a pretty short read, uh, but it's man, it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? One of my mentors uh, sent it to me, and I'm uh, tell y'all about it. So if y'all get a chance, y'all have time, check it out. Definitely. One thing that I, I will say that I like that I hear from you a lot, Bruce, is that you always say my mentor, my mentor, my mentor. It's like I love the fact that you have, you know, people in your life that you can talk to and that you feel like you can go to and, like, elevate your thoughts. Because, like, y'all, like, I don't know if y'all remember this, but y'all were my mentors, you know. Like, I remember, you know, there was a field day, and, man, field days, y'all used to love fucking with us. <laughs> and after y'all left and I became an NCO, I carried on the tradition. Boy, let me tell you. Good. <laughs> There's something about field day yeah. and people fucking up the entire week that be like, oh, I'm going to get mine. Right. Oh, I'm going to get mine. Right. But sometimes I ain't never deserved it. Sometimes, sometimes you know, people don't feel, they, they don't deserve the shit. That's what they all say. Hey, look, man, for the, at, least for the two, at least for the two of y'all, I ain't deserve it. Because <laughs> here's the thing, right? They'll come through, and, they'll, and then, like, Ramirez, he'd be like, he just come in there, shoulders all wax, head to the side, chin up, like, look, man, it is what it is, dog. It's, it's, it's going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> and, just, and then just walk out. That sounds just like, like him. <laughs> like, his hands wasn't even in his pockets. His, his arms was to the side. He's just like, hey, look, man. Okay, I'm gonna clear you out for the night because I know they don't see your shit as good in the morning. Yep. I don't know, those are good lessons. I just try to make it as uh, palatable as possible. I didn't want you guys to be overwhelmed constantly. You had a lot of work. Y'all were straight with it. I don't know why you would, why they would, you know, have to keep going after. You know, I just try you to make it. 
it, it was it's just it was fun. Like I'm not right. gonna lie. It was fun, man. <laughs> like, like you can't sit here and tell me that sometimes just going into someone's room just like just looking through every single nook and cranny and just finding shit wrong. It's I don't know, yeah. man. It, it's probably, you know, you know, hurt people hurt people, I guess, but <laughs> I'll never forget, dog. They came in my room like after field day, right? Or like the the Friday, because we did field days on Thursdays, right? Was it Thursdays or Mondays? I think it was Thursdays. I think it was day. Thursday. Yeah, and then like this is when Sasson Wong first got there. Style he was Sergeant Wong. Wong. He was Wong. He was just Sergeant Wong at the time, right? They came in, right? And he had his pack of hyenas behind him, all the corporals, and they just came through, and they ravaged me in Simmons' room. Ravaged it. And I'll never forget this one scene where one of them took their hand, wiped the floor, and it was like, look at all that dirt. So I was like, how did you pull dirt off of the wall? Like, that's not a, that's not a thing, bro. And it was at that moment that I learned you walking in with dirt. <laughs> they just walk in with dirt on their hands. And, but they didn't fail us. They didn't fail us. It was like, stand by. And I got my weekend. So I was like, y'all, y'all, like, y'all playing games, bro. That's real, bro. At that moment, that's when you really? realized. I always remember um, somebody came under my bed, like, you know, like, actually under the bed and, like, wiped the railings. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, who, like, <laughs> like, yo. Like, who? Oh, like, ain't bro. no way in y'all own personal life. And you, y'all remember, y'all probably didn't meet him, but you remember House. Yeah, man. I remember he invited some of the Marines to his crib, right? And Simmons went. And he and Simmons thought about all those times. And he went into his bathroom and he wiped the top of the toilet off, right? And he brought it outside. He's like, hey, Sergeant, what's this? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and man. I just thought to myself, I was like, you fucked up. But I appreciate what you just did. <laughs> That's real, bro. Me and Ramirez were talking about this a, a while back about like sometimes you have the moments in life to where it's like so terrible that you just gotta laugh. Like you just start laughing. You just gotta laugh. You, like you just can't. And I, I think I told somebody this once. It was that like um this was when I was in California, right? There was this one dude. He he was a real cool dude, but he liked to get under people's skin. He just liked to poke and jab and poke and jab, right? He got under my skin one time, right? Because I felt like I was the I was the youngest kid in the whole group. Um, like when I said the whole group, I mean the friend group, right? Mm-hmm. And like they was all jabbing at me because I, um, I, mean, I guess I was the baby. I was I was also the boot, so they all jabbing at me and whatnot. And I'm just starting to feel attacked. And you know, I'm just kind of like, damn, like what did I what did I do? Like right. why y'all coming at me like this? And he said something, and I was like, yo, this man's a, oh, bruh. Later on, I was like, I got two choices. Actually, I got I got three choices, right? Either I can deal with it, I can lead a group, or I can just learn to, like, laugh at it or, like, come back at him. And mm-hmm. after a while, like, I started to see, you know, his flaws. Not his flaws, so to speak, but kind of like some of the shit that he would do, right? Mm-hmm. And I just started laughing. I'm like, yo, this man be coming at me for nothing compared to like some of the stuff that he'd be doing or just like you know whatever and i just looked at him and like he'll say something and i'll just laugh at him because it's just like <laughs> like bro you this shit is comical like this ain't even a real problem 
And I'm just like, man, sometimes in life, when people really trying to get under your skin, like, you just got to laugh at them. Because it's, it's you not really doing nothing. You're not really saying nothing. Like, you're trying to attack my trying to attack my character or maybe joke about my character or who I am but it's like you you've known me we have two months spent together right and we've only gotten halfway through the course so you've only known me for 30 days out of 26 years of my life facts that's real though man and that's how you gotta like sometimes that's how you that's how you look at it exactly I learned that from uh, I learned a lot from Ramirez man my man's is uh my man, at first I thought you was depressed. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like when I first met yes. you, I thought yes. he was depressed, and I was like, bro. <laughs> "What is with this dude, bro? Is he okay?" <laughs> right. What? I'm like, it's, like it's funny. It's so funny to like think about it now. It's just like, now nah, Ramirez was the king of taking shit and keeping right? it moving, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it went. And you guys like, changed it though. That was y'all, for no lie. It was nice. As soon as you, meeting Royal was one of the best times I had in the military, oh, man. man. When, you, when you Vital showed up, I was like, man, this place is actually getting pretty lit. Like, I was like, it's kind of nice. You know, stuff like that. I was like, just pretty happy to be around people. Nah, that's facts, man. Honestly, man, it was because of y'all that I stayed in. It's like, I've been chasing that high from TSD. Bruh. For those that are listening, TSB was the name of our unit, Third Transportation Support Battalion, the workhorse. All right. Like, yo, I'm like, it was because of that unit and that unit alone that, like, I remember um, Gunny Lucio, he used to always say, he's like, hey, there's better units out there. There's better, there's more to the Marine Corps than just this place. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this ain't bad. (laughs) All right, yeah, sometimes we got to stay in a tent at the shop for no reason. That's what I was just thinking about. Okay, yeah. Sometimes we got to do that. But, like, look at who I'm with. It's just like, if I get to go to new places and experience new things, because, like, y'all remember, I was there for three months. And then out of everybody in the shop, I got to go to Australia. And he all of a sudden, he gets to go. And I'm pretty sure it was, but I'm pretty confident that it was because of Chinchilla. Chinchilla, like, (laughs) he had my back like nobody else. Like, y'all had my back. But, like, Chinchilla, like, I always saw it. They try to come and fuck with me. And Chinchilla be like, hey, y'all, chill out. I got him. Mm. And then, like, you know. He, he would talk to me and like he knew that I understood, you know, and I I couldn't I really I need to hit up Chinchilla more. I should call him on the phone. i call him on the phone because like man. Yeah, he was a real like he, he, was, he was such a big brother. I like his uh his New York aggressiveness, man. That's my first person I really had close interaction <laughs> with. From New York, so like my man's <laughs> press me all the time. <laughs> I swear, looking at his boots, like just sometimes it just felt like his boots turned into Tim's. Like, this. <laughs> it might have like been. It, it was just so natural. To it him. was natural, bro. I think it was the color. It's the color, bro. Fit in. <laughs> the color, the tan color reminded him. <laughs> it was like his accent came out, 
and you saw the tan boots, and you're like, that man's from New York. Right. And never left. He brought it. He brought it to him now. All, all in New York, over now. Bro, all he six boroughs. Is it six boroughs or five? All of, all of, I don't know. He brought. He brought the whole. He brought, he brought, brought the whole it. place. Facts. He even put. He even put Staten on his back. He actually uh trying to move his family out here to um to Georgia. So uh, oh, that'll really? be dope, man, to get him on a podcast. Bro, I think that would be dope. Let me ask you um three. Three things that you would account for your longevity in your career? Uh, one thing for sure, and that's for certain, is the people. 100%. I, I don't, it's like, you know, leadership, they used to always say whenever they're accepting their awards, you know, if it wasn't for the Marines, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah, blah. I never understood it. Because I was like, man, you just, you just out here copping out because you got an award for the hard work that all your junior Marines did. But, like, sometimes there's, there's a lot more that goes behind it. And when it comes to the people who molded you when you knew nothing and when you like when you were an empty vessel, you had nothing in you and they poured all the right stuff into you, you know, and then at, at your beginning, that was your foundation. It it does something to you as far as setting you up for the rest of your life, you know, so if it wasn't for like y'all, if it wasn't for the people at TSB. And if it wasn't, you know, just for people in general, I don't think I would have stayed in as long as I have. That's real, man. Or just, or just you know, my yeah. longevity, period, in anything that I do. The second thing is I, I don't want to quit or I don't want to be a failure. Because, like, I don't ever want to be looked at as someone who couldn't. Not, it's not that I didn't want to. Is I don't want to be looked at as someone who couldn't. Like I said, I was gonna do this, so I'm gonna do it. You know, every time I thought about quitting in the hardest times of my life, I was like, Nah, I gotta push through because I said I was gonna do it. Because I said, but it's like I am what I say I am. And then the third thing that are, that I credit to my longevity, I guess it's just my drive to make sure that I'm always doing as good as I was yesterday or maybe better. I never I never want to stay stagnant. I never want to look back a year from now and be like, I'm in the same exact place mentally, physically, and emotionally as I was then. I always want to be moving forward. I always want progress. I always want something to show for what I've done with my time and my resources. Those are the three things I credit. Being in that type of environment, man, like I always uh, say, you're in a culture, like for real. Like I, like when I'm building a, my business, when I'm going to a, a new career, whatever the case may be, I always compare it to the military because their structure, their everything about it, man, it's just like boom, 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 boom. It's almost like you can't really fail with it. Just do what they say and you're going to be straight. And it's funny, it's like I never want to get to I remember Ramirez, you was talking about your job and you was talking about how uh, one of the bosses, um, he said something over yeah. the uh, radio. And he was like, bro, in yeah. the military, we would have never done this. And they said to you, well, this isn't the military. And it's like, nah, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like don't, don't, don't. It's like, I would have slapped him after you said, like, don't, don't ever talk to me like that again in your life. Thanks, <laughs> man. It's like, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, I get it. It's not the military, but. It's like it's, I never I I'm I know for a fact that the day that I stop 
is going to be the saddest day of my life. It's, it's a rough one, bro. It is a <laughs> rough. Here's the worst part about it, too. Nobody's going to have my back like them. Man. Nobody. Right? Because everybody else is going to be looking out That's for them. Wrong. They're just looking out for them, and it's just going to be sad because it's like, I there's not a single thing that I've done in my life that somebody didn't do with me or they didn't help me with. Know from change it from my diapers being changed to writing up counselings on Marines to managing people, you know, and then you know to even now like I'm I'm about to get my first Navy comp. Like I I'm very proud of that. Facts. You know what I mean? And I don't think that that would have been I it, it wasn't just me like all that all that work that I did for it. I didn't have no junior Marines to do that work for me. I did it. But I didn't know how to do it when I first got it. I didn't know what I was doing. I asked questions. And if it wasn't for the people who taught me and who took time out of their work, because when you ask somebody for help, that doesn't they don't put what they had on pause. What they have going on is still going on. That's real. And they took their time to like, you know, help me out. So it's like I think that I think about that, and as I continue to progress, all I think about is how people talk good about me and how I owe them to live up to what they said. Man, bro, super decorated Marine, super dedicated person. Um, I'm glad to have you on the show, man. I appreciate you blessing the podcast uh, with your presence, man, with your voice, with your wisdom. Ooh. Real talk, man. Thank you for that, bro. Oh, man. I love being here. I love being here, man. I was I enjoyed talking to the both of y'all, man. It's been a hot minute. I know, right? Crazy, but it's good to hear from you, man. Truly. Hey, That's look, awesome. I got I got another couple of weeks. I ain't gonna be in work, so you know, hey, hey, hit me hey. up, Bruce. Most hey, definitely, most definitely, man. I will, man. I will. All right, man. Well, this is the Real Talk Podcast. Uh, I appreciate you guys for listening. Shout out to all the listeners that across the nation, man, different countries. Appreciate you guys sending that feedback, man. Definitely the email is going to be in the outro. Um, Sending some feedback to the social media accounts. Uh, we love to hear from you guys. So till next week, see you next Thursday. If you like what you've heard or would like to send us feedback, reach out to us at thoughtvisionmaterialized at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at underscore the Real Talk Podcast. Twitter at Real Talk Pod 1 and Apple Podcasts and Spotify at The Real Talk Podcast. Thank you for listening and tune in every Thursday to check out new episodes. See you next week.